This is the Gambling Gauchos. What is up, everybody? Rob, I am sending you the co-host invite right now. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Gauchos After Dark, your weekly recap of the goings-on around the Big 12 from College Football Saturday. Gauchos After Dark is sponsored by our friends over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams. They are a law firm based out of Fort Worth, but handle cases all across the state of Texas. You can learn more about them at bhwlawfirm.com. Three double Red Raider graduates run that law firm, so they hope you never need them, but you got somebody solid in your corner if you do. Rob, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Pretty good. You know what I like about 11 a.m. games? That What? You can, you know, move on after it's over with instead of trying to do gauchos after dark, like right after a tough loss. Yeah. Just one way to look at it, I guess. Uh, where do you want to start? Oh, we can start with everybody's favorite Big 12 team. Kansas, our Jayhawks. Kansas, yeah, our Jayhawks. Hosts of uh, college game day next weekend. Yeah, hey, you know what? Good for them. Um, remind me what the prompts are going to be for uh, anybody who wants to chime in this week. Yeah, let's do, is TCU legit? And who's the best contender for Oklahoma State? The best, uh, not contender. Yeah, contender for the Big 12 championship besides Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State's number one. Oklahoma State's number one challenger and scale of one to ten. How real is TCU? Yeah, let's do that. You said those way better. Okay, than you want, do you want to get right to the people, or do you want to recap some games first? Let's recap some games first because I, I do have a few thoughts before we get right in there. Okay, let's start with the game of the week, which was I I think Oklahoma State's win in Waco. Okay, uh, two teams that I think were. Hang on one second. Hey, go inside. Go inside. You talking to your daughter or your dogs? My dogs. <laughs> dog. Dog. Um. Okay, so I viewed both of those teams as legitimate Big 12 title contenders, especially after Oklahoma and Texas started 0-1. Yeah. I thought that opened the door for um, teams that aren't leaving for the SEC, and I thought those two were pretty much at the top of my list. I still think Baylor has a, a solid squad, and maybe they can rebound. But for Oklahoma State to go on the road, win in, in pretty convincing fashion – um, I mean, it was a close game, but it also wasn't like a nail-biter overtime type deal. I think they've firmly solidified themselves as the favorite to win the Big 12, and I think everybody's looking up at them right now. I think Baylor is the best 3-2 and two team. I think they've got some obvious deficiencies, if not obvious, some some likely deficiencies maybe throughout the rest of the year. Um Oklahoma State just needs to stay out of their own way. And sometimes Mike Gundy can do that, and sometimes he can't. I think this team can. I think this team can stay out of its own way and just do what it needs to do. Baylor will get some more wins. I don't think that's a worry for them. Um, Up next, Iowa State, Kansas. Kansas did not score in the second half. In fact, they only scored in the second quarter. And Iowa State missed three field goals. So, 
you don't complain about Big 12 wins, but Kansas did not look as strong as I thought maybe they would in this game. Yeah, I, I think this was the first time that KU's offense didn't look um, as highly touted as we started thinking of it. Um, you know, through their first four games, all wins, of course, we kind of thought, okay, you know, they're going to be a legit offensive team and maybe struggle to stop some of the better offenses in the Big 12. And today was kind of the opposite of that. I mean, I don't know I don't know to what extent Iowa State struggled offensively or if Kansas' defense maybe took a step forward. But for that offense, like you said, to only score in one of the four quarters and to only put up 14 at home um, against a good Iowa State team, but I don't think one that people view as like being top half of the conference right now, is maybe a little bit of a red flag. Um, so I'm, I don't want to rain on their parade because it's a big deal for them to be five and zero and hosting college game day. But I think it is fair to wonder if their two Big Twelve wins are against the two worst teams in the conference, and if that's the case, how how legit of a shot do they have moving forward? Um, I posted a screenshot of their next four games. I can't remember the order, but it's TCU, Oklahoma, in Norman, and. And then Baylor and Oklahoma State. So, I mean, I could totally see them going 0-4 in that stretch. Yeah, certainly. You certainly can see that. Um, will they win another Big 12 game? Yes, probably. Will they win two or three more Big 12 games? I just don't see it. And I, I know, I know, I've been the Kansas hater in the group. But it is a huge gap between... I think right now, Big 12 contender and four or five pretty good Big 12 teams. Yeah, I just, looking at Kansas's schedule, I mean, I hate to say it, their best shot at a win is probably Texas Tech, as I view it right now, and, and that's a road game. And So if you're telling right, me right. their best chance to notch another Big 12 win is in Lubbock versus a team that I think um, people still view as a team that's going to be fighting for bowl eligibility, I, I just don't love those odds. So, I mean, if you gave me a an over-under one-and-a-half additional Big 12 wins for Kansas this year, I don't know if I would be enticed to take the over on that. I mean, I think surely one goes their way. I don't know exactly which one that is, but I don't – I think they're – I think the clock might be about to strike midnight in Lawrence. It's a good story. It'd be really cool if they were in a bowl game. It's awesome that they're hosting college game day. Um, but I think – it's starting to kind of grind to a halt a little bit if I'm if I'm seeing things correctly. Yeah, and I hope Kansas TCU is uh, competitive. We'll see. I mean, I guess that takes us. That's a good segue to the next game we could talk about. TCU absolutely boat races Oklahoma. Now, it, perhaps it's fair to Molly Watson. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's fair to wonder: Is OU any good? Coming off a loss at home to Kansas State. Um, and then losing by, what was it, 31 points today to TCU. And yeah. TCU was one of those teams, you know, preseason, if in, if people were trying to get creative with their Big 12 standings predictions and they wanted to move Kansas out of the 10th slot, TCU and Texas Tech were two of the popular picks to be number 10. And so TCU is definitely not that. Um, but, I mean, they – Look, they had an early season bye week, and you can say what you want about Colorado and SMU, but all they've done to this point is take care of business. And so I expect them to be, I don't know, maybe a touchdown 
ish favorite in Lawrence. And I would kind of like their odds to cover that if that is the line. I think that line will be at least nine. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I think the total is going to be high too, based on how yeah TCU has scored lately, and Kansas is seemingly a team that plays much better on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. So that's going to be a, a an interesting total to look at. And probably going to be one of those that's set high enough that it's hard to hard to make yourself take the over. But that could yeah. be a Big 12 classic, like 40-something to 40-something type shootout. All right, let's get to – well, let's do West Virginia, Texas real quick. Texas, good. West Virginia, bad. Do you have any other things to say about that? No, I think maybe there was some discussion on, like, who might be considered the 10th best team in the conference – besides West Virginia, but I think like really until they win a big 12 game, they're 10th and everybody else is not in danger of entering that conversation unless and until they lose to West Virginia. Agreed. Uh, All right. So final game and we'll keep our Texas tech thoughts to our episode tomorrow. Uh, I just will brag on Kansas state here. A really good first quarter, about as good as they could have started. And then they had a really bad second quarter, and Texas Tech punched back. But how Kansas State finished today is indicative of the coach and the culture in Manhattan. Uh, I think they're a Big 12 title contender, and I've said that for a while. I bailed quickly after Tulane. I'm back on it. I was back on it last week. Adrian Martinez is fast. And you can't sell out to stop him when you have Deuce. So if he can connect on, I don't know, 10 passes a game, the the defenses will be honest enough. I, I don't think anybody can stack the box and not let Adrian Martinez get open or through twice at least and then Deuce the other times. I think they can do enough, and I think that defense is legit. Yeah, the defense is definitely legit. And look, I mean that I'm I'm with you. That two lane game, I was like, okay, this was this is not gonna work, the Adrian Martinez experience. And then the last two weeks he's been you know, he looks like um Denard Robinson from Michigan. You know, it's nothing terribly creative. He just catches the snap and houses it. He had I think three rushing touchdowns today, four against Oklahoma. And I mean, look, if they're doing that offensively, they're gonna be an extremely tough out and yeah, I do think they have entered the conversation of Big 12 title contender based on their performance the last two weeks. Um, I mean, eventually they're going to have to they're going to play a team and they're going to have to play from behind and do something in the passing game. But if they can dictate the terms in seven or eight of their Big 12 games, they can go a long, long ways. So I'm excited to see how this season unfolds for them because if they can run the ball like they did today and last week in Norman, they're going to be really good. Yeah, one one final thought on I just saw Max Duggan's line. He threw for three hundred and ran for a hundred. Him learning how to throw is like happy learning how to putt. It's just ridiculous. How did he not win the job out of camp? How did he? Because he sucks, and now he doesn't. I don't. I mean, know. he obviously doesn't suck. I can't explain it. He he sucked until he started. Until he won the job back. I I do. I cannot explain that. I mean, he yeah. He's he's been incredible. He like fixed his mechanics or something. I I, I don't know what happened. I. I don't know. I need to watch more TCU, I guess. 
Yeah, no, I that's going to be a fun game um, in Lawrence. I know we've already talked about it, but him versus Jalen Daniels, if they both play like they've played to this point in the season, it's going to be some fireworks. Um, Carson, you're our first speaker. Scale of one to ten, how real is TCU, and who do you, who do you view as the top contender to Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve title race? Hey, y'all. Um, I think. Um... Man, I'd probably say, man, I don't even know who compares to Oklahoma State this year. I mean, they are clearly the top um, contender. I guess I'd have to say TCU at this point. Maybe Kansas is a sleeper. We'll have to see next week. And um, what was your other question about um, TCU next week? On a scale of 1 to 10, how, how legit is TCU? Oh, um, man, I think they may have just caught Oklahoma in a learning curve. Um, I think somebody will definitely bring uh, TCU down to earth. So I'd probably put them at a six or seven. They still have to prove themselves. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Now. I, um I have been impressed by them. They've, I think, exceeded my expectations. But um, with with OU taking back to back L's like that, I think it it can't hurt to see more from TCU as well before kind of rendering a further judgment. Definitely, and um, I'm going to uh, Stillwater next week to support the Red Raiders. So hopefully, I'll bring them some luck. Nice. If you don't, we're blaming you. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Put it on me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. I was thinking back on this. There's really been some competitive games between Tech and Stillwater lately. Uh, of course, we'll do a, a preview episode this week. But even when, you know, as Oklahoma State has had this stretch of sustained success and Tech's kind of been struggling to get it going, uh, 2016, you go with Mahomes, and that was a one-possession game. 2018 was the Allen Bowman game. I think, I think Tech was 17-point underdogs and won that game outright. And then I can't remember the final score, but the COVID game, I seem to remember it being close. I was the one where. Yeah, they Ill- stretched it out a bit at the end. Yeah, the ill advised surprise onside kick, and I think a late fumble, but I think you it was competitive. So, anyway, um, I'm sure Oklahoma State will be a big favorite again. I'm thinking roughly two touchdowns, but hopefully it lives up to some of the uh, last few games in Stillwater there because they've been good ones. Um, let's get to our next speaker, special teams. You good game today. Uh, how real is TCU on a scale of one to 10 and who do you view as the top challenger to Oklahoma state in the big 12 title race? Hey guys. Um, just wanted to start off by saying that, uh, that whistle call in our game today was probably the weirdest play I've ever seen ever in a big 12 game. That was nuts, and that interception, that whole play was bogus, and I kind of felt bad that was the end of our game. But uh, on to your questions, I think TCU is probably number two behind Oklahoma State right now, so like an 8 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10. Um, I mean, Kansas State, it was in Norman, so that adds a little bit of difficulty. Um, but holy cow, that was uh, that was not even a game, so... Um, and I view, honestly, I know I'm tooting my own horn here, but uh, Kansas State as the uh, 
um, biggest contender. If Adrian continues to play the way they do and Klein continues to call aggressive games like we did in the first and fourth quarter, uh, I view us putting up a pretty good fight against Oklahoma State. Yeah, that that whistle play was weird. I mean, I guess I'll start by saying I don't really think it probably had an impact on the outcome of the game. But just from the standpoint of like the the expectation that we should have as fans for the officials, I mean, it, it was clear to anybody watching and on the replay that there was either an inadvertent whistle or that they tried to blow it dead to challenge the play before, and then they just kind of didn't even address it. So kind of disappointing from that standpoint, even though, you know, I, I don't think tech fans should like use it as an excuse or anything. Um, but to your other thought, I'm the same. And I, I wonder what my co-host Rob thinks about this, but like kind of power ranking the big 12, I think Kansas state and TCU are pretty interchangeable at that two and three spot. So I, I agree with you that they're, they're definitely in that conversation especially if, like you said, Adrian Martinez keeps playing like he has the last two weeks. Yeah, what's crazy is Martinez and Duggan both have uh, mixed pasts, I should say. So if they both continue how they're playing, you might see TCU and Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. I, I just – I don't know. Because you can't say Spencer Sanders either. I mean, right. Both of those quarterbacks are either really good or really bad week to week. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chase, hey, I think jumping in special teams, you will go to Chase here. Yeah, Chase, you're next. How real is TCU, and who's the biggest challenger at Oklahoma State? TCU scale one to ten, they're a six to me, simply because they played three nothings for their first game, and OU is highly suspect. I don't trust Brent Venables. I don't trust the culture of that locker room. Things just don't seem right there, so I want to see that. And, and like, I also have the same answer when they get when they get through Kansas, win or lose. Uh, I'm still have that same answer. They need to. I don't know. It's been forever since they've been good, and I just don't trust Sonny Dykes. Uh, and the dark horse, I mean, we're the runner up to them is probably going to be Kansas State. And if they can't figure out the forward pass, then it, this is Oklahoma State's conference to lose, and they're in the playoff. I mean, that's. I, mean, I don't see how anybody's challenging them right now. Unless Baylor can just pull some out of their hat again in the championship game if they make it. I don't know. Like, What are your thoughts on that? I think, well, first, before I give you my thoughts on that, I need Rob to explain his profile picture to the people. And I also want to thank the people for tuning in to Gaucho's After Dark, sponsored by Barnett, Howard, and Williams. Rob, what's with your profile picture? I lost a bet with every man a wildcat. That's the second year in a row, right? Uh, yes, and if I would have been doing the bet, it would be like seven or eight years in a row because Texas State can't beat Kansas State. I know. Yeah, eventually, hopefully, we'll get that one. Um, but, yeah, Chase, to your question, I, I think the Big 12 is very likely shaping up for a team with two conference losses to make the conference championship game, um, whether that's Baylor, K-State, TCU, it's hard for me to see anybody like totally running the table and getting to 9-0 and in conference play. And then behind that, I mean, it just seems really unlikely there'd be like a 9-0 and and an 8-1 and team or two 8-1 and teams. I think there's going to be a weird, like, chaotic ending at the end where these teams that are 6-2 and going into the last weekend, you know, two or three different teams have a shot to make the second slot. So I wouldn't count anybody, even Baylor, maybe even Texas, 
out yet. Like if Texas gets Quinn Ewers back and they fix the uh, between the ears part of their game, they're a talented enough team to, you know, if they can get to seven and two in conference play, why can't they make it? So I think it's I think it's completely wide open for the most part. I mean, I don't think Texas Tech, Iowa State, teams like that have a real shot at it, but. Um, I don't think it's going to be super clean at the top either. So I, I, I don't think Baylor is out of it yet, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, let's go to Bob. Biggest contender for Oklahoma State's Big 12 championship. And is TCU legit? One through ten. Bob, you there, man. Bob Zimmerman. How are you, Bob? All right, let's go to Matt. Matt, Big 12 contender, and is TCU legit? We still do it on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, I don't know, maybe a maybe a 7. It, it's, it's, really, it's really hard to say because you know Oklahoma Oklahoma might not be that good they're they're talented but they're in the first year of a completely new staff and a new uh and a new system so they might not be that good uh and as far as as far as challenger to Oklahoma State as bad as I want to say K-State, I don't think I can because we don't we don't have any dudes at wide receiver. We've got one. Malik Knowles is the only guy who is able to consistently beat uh, one-on-one coverage, and everyone knows that, and so they're going to have a safety over the top of him all year. And if we can't throw the ball doesn't matter how good how good your zone read is you're you're gonna have troubles and any any kind of passing game that we're able to scheme up is it's gonna have to be schemed up so as far i i would almost have to i would almost have to say either tcu or or well yeah probably tcu it's it's I think it's between us and TCU, and TCU has shown that they can they can do everything on on offense competently. So I guess I got to give the nod to them. Here's my here's my rebuttal, and you sound like a rational Kansas State fan, not not a an irrational one like in your bio. But I, I will say this: I think <laughs> well, thank the you. Well, yeah, the Big Twelve uh, championship game will have uh, at least one team with two losses and i think that's just how tight the big 12 is so can three teams out scheme kansas state and make them throw can two teams can one team yeah i think kansas state will lose a game but i think they're right there with everyone else to be in the mix at the end yeah yeah that that's a good point and the the top of the conference may just absolutely cannibalize itself so you know, it, yeah, we could we could be there along with along with Oklahoma State, and and I'm not all that high on Oklahoma State to be honest either, because 
Spencer Sanders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, At times, I, I, yeah. Just, I, I don't trust that guy. Thanks for jumping on with us, Matt. Uh, let's try Bob again. Bob. Bob, if you can hear us, try unmuting. Hit the icon in the bottom left, and that'll turn your mic on. Well, maybe Bob fell asleep watching the Pac-12 slate that just got started because it's not any good, and I wouldn't blame him. Um, hey, it'd be kind of cool if anybody wants to, no pressure, but if an Oklahoma State fan, since we're all kind of talking about your team here being the top contender, if y'all want to chime in with your thoughts on the young season and thoughts on the Oklahoma State squad, especially as Texas Tech's next opponent, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but, Rob, in the meantime, something that's probably worth discussing – is Oklahoma and the, the mindset of a team like that that has Big 12 championship expectations, college football playoff aspirations. And once those types of goals are out of reach, uh, how do they stop it from spiraling out of control? Because I think that's kind of what's happened with Texas lately. Like, they were better than a 5-7 and seven team last year. They had enough talent to be much better than that. But once you lose two or three in a row, you know, it, the wheels completely fell off. And so even if OU is a more talented squad than some of these other teams in the Big 12, at this point in the season, are they going to be able to keep it from just completely going off the rails or yeah. can they kind oh, of pull it together? Hold on. Hold for that if OU is more talented talk because I think we underrate how many guys left this offseason. I mean, you had – like four or five, five-star, four-star recruits transfer out. So I don't know that they are everything that they've been. Um, sure, they still have a lot of blue chips, and they are talented than most of the roster, but they're not OU talented. I just don't think they are. That's fair, and that might continue to manifest itself this season. Um, either way, we stalled long enough to get some Oklahoma State Cowboys in here. Uh, we'll start with Pistol Peter and then kind of make the rounds from there. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Good, Good man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I wanted to, to chime in on the on the TCU talk, the second runner-up, and then we can talk about more stuff. But So I, I think TCU seems like it's common. Uh, six out of ten is kind of how I look at them. Got to see what they can do. The the OU defense just looked super, super undisciplined for me. The That Max Duggan run for the touchdown that kind of blew the top off of it, uh, defensive end was just like completely turned, which is like a, you know, defensive end 101. You just never get turned on a read option. And they did it a few more times throughout the game. There's some big, big issues with OU this year. Um, so I, I, I don't really know if, I mean, it's still a big win for TCU. Don't want to take anything away from that, but um, got to got to see some more stuff from them. Um, as for the the runner up team to Oklahoma State, um, which I mean, n nobody's won anything, so I hate to put us up there, but I man, it's really tough. I'm gonna I honestly want to give a lot of credit to Baylor because for those that watch the game, um, you know, Oklahoma State was just a, a mistake or two away from losing that game. 
Um, luckily, the defense in the end was able to shore it up with some interceptions late. But uh, if Baylor was able to drive, Shapin was playing really well, actually, before those two interceptions. Um, I was genuinely concerned that they were going to come back. But like I said, luckily they pulled it off. So I'm, I'm going to say Baylor, if they can if they can get those things fixed. Um, defensively, they're really good. And, you know, really the, the big thing that killed them was big plays. We had several big, deep passes that led to either a touchdown or at least a field goal that really hurt them. So if they can shore that up, then I could see Oklahoma State, Baylor in a rematch in Arlington, which makes me want to puke. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. I'd like I'd like another team there, to be honest. Yeah, that'd be uh, – especially because you beat them in the regular season last year. So that would be kind of deja vu as uh, you hope that Oklahoma State can beat them twice this year instead of uh, just once. Yeah, definitely have PTSD from the Big 12 championship still, yeah. like every well, other Oklahoma State fan. That's a good sentence to say, though. I wish I had PTSD from a Big 12 championship. Uh, Logan, is TCU legit 1 through 10? And uh, who you think Oklahoma State's <clears throat> biggest uh, contender is? Is TCU legit? I don't know. Can they be if they play like they did today? Yes. So I would say six and a half, seven, somewhere in there. Um, I would have to say Baylor is our biggest competitor. And then either, well, probably TCU because Kansas State can't throw the ball. They have not figured out how to throw forward passes in 2022 yet. Um, But I think for the foreseeable future, the Big 12 goes through Stillwater. A lot of respect for Baylor, it sounds like, from the Oklahoma State fans, and I I would have to agree. I think, you know, going back to the sentiment that a 7-2 and two team might sneak into the game in Arlington, I, I, I was high on Baylor coming into the season, and I know it was a tough loss for them today, and it's tough to lose home games and still make the Big 12 championship, but I would I'm not ready to count them out just yet. I can totally see them being the type of team that that rebounds from that and has a shot in in November to get back to that game. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of agree with both you and and Pistol Peter that Baylor's not not done yet, in my opinion. All right, next uh, Oklahoma State all day, all day. Uh, is TCU legit one through ten? And who's the biggest challenger for the Big Twelve title? Hey guys, I appreciate you letting me jump on here real quick. Um, yeah, I think TCU is a contender primarily because of the running game. They have a two-headed monster that seems to be massively productive. I think a lot of teams in the Big Twelve, well, nationally really, are trying to get you know a two or three running back system, as are we. But I think maybe TCU and Kansas State have that part of the game figured out a little bit better than we do. Um, I I think that our biggest contender, I've been sticking with K-State for a while. I think I'm going to go with that. I I do agree that the passing game is a concern, as it very well should be. But I'm going to hit it from a different angle real quick. If you look back to when Colin Klein was making a run at the Heisman, how many times did he throw a game? 
you know, 9, 10, 12, maybe. It's because it, it wasn't a necessity. It was almost like the Tim Tebow effect. You knew what you were going to get, but you couldn't stop it anyways, right? So I do think that although Adrian Martinez does have a, a lot of limitations throwing, the way that Colin Klein has got them believing in that old school mentality, I, I think I think they're going to run downhill and dare you to stop it, and it's not going to be easy to do so. Um, so I, I, KU's legitimate. Kansas State looks good. Texas Tech's still going to jump up and bite a few people in the rear. Uh, Baylor's definitely not out of the out of the running for this thing, any anyways. So it's a it's a fun one, you know. And, and I think the keys to the game were always going to be the, the time of possession. Obviously, Spencer Sanders not not completely throwing a dud game out there, and I, I definitely don't think that uh, he didn't. He didn't necessarily, you know, put on a big-time Heisman performance per se, but if, if I could just get you guys to one second ponder the, the, the idea that if it didn't involve helmet stickers, it would be a little bit of a different scenario because Bryce Young did not set the world on fire against Texas. He had to pull it out by the skin of his teeth in the very, very, very end. What Spencer did today was what you're supposed to do when you're in the position he's in. And that is respond massively every time you had to. Every time we had to drive the field to answer, he did that. And the running backs uh, did, did phenomenal. They ran angry. Dominic Richardson looks like he was on a mission. Maybe the yards don't indicate it per se. But if you watch the game, the physicality was something that we took advantage of from Jump Street. And uh, I think that's all I got, fellas. I appreciate you, appreciate you letting me jump in here. Absolutely. We love having fans from all different schools across the Big 12 chime in. And what I love about what you're saying is just that so many teams in the Big 12 are going to be competitive at the end of the season and have a shot at this. And I think it's a real, real nice glimpse at the future of this conference because, look, right now we only have 10 teams and we're still talking about four, maybe five having a real shot at this thing. Imagine when we have 12 maybe more coming over from the pack and you add programs like BYU, Cincinnati, UCF that have all spiked in recent years. And I just think it's going to be a super fun competitive conference year in and year out once we get to the big 12 and I'm looking forward to it. Um, Jared, I think you're our next speaker. How real is TCU on a scale of one to 10 and who is Oklahoma state's primary challenger for the big 12 title? Hey, what's up guys. Appreciate y'all letting me come on and talk with you. I do not know how real TCU is. Um, before tonight, I didn't know much of anything about Oklahoma State either. I feel like we played what is probably the best defensive front in the Big 12 this this year today. And uh, the offensive line held up well. Played maybe the best game I've seen an Oklahoma State offensive line play ever. And uh, we ran the football. We're the first team to break 100 yards on Baylor this year so. That makes me feel a little better about Oklahoma State. But as far as contenders for the Big 12 title, I'm not sure I'm ready to put Oklahoma State in that spot yet. I think TCU and Baylor and Kansas State all have a shot. The way Tech played against Texas and kind of held their own against K-State today, I'm not ready to rule them out because Spencer Sanders has traditionally not played well against Tech. And they are a team that likes to jump up and bite him. So 
I will say he has looked better after turnovers this year. So I'm positive about that. But the D proved more of themselves today. We gave up some home run balls that we were closer to making a play on. But at the end of the day, you didn't make the play. So it's a wide open Big 12 at the top. And it's a lot of fun. Really looking forward to Saturday. Yes, and I'm really looking forward to a classic Spencer Sanders game. So hopefully that happens. Too. <laughs> uh, I'd say, which I don't know, are you guys traveling to Stillwater? Um, I'm a, I'm a maybe. I hope so if I can. But if you don't, we may have to get together and grab some Rahinos Saturday. Oh, love that! Hey, how about so, an organic sponsor plug on the gambling out uh, Gauchos after dark? Love that. There you um, go. But, yeah, hey, if I am in Lubbock, then hopefully I'll be eating some Rahino during the game. Um, that reminds me, we should probably do another sponsor plug for the Gauchos After Dark sponsor, Barnett Howard & Williams uh, Law Firm, bhwlawfirm.com if you want to learn more about them. Hope you never need them, but they're here if you do. Um, Rob, I had a question for you, and then I lost it. Um, oh, I was going to say, you were you thought we were due for a classic Adrian Martinez game today which would be like four turnovers and it didn't happen. So I don't know if I don't know if that means your senses are off and we're not going to get a Spencer Sanders game next week or maybe maybe we're just even more due now that we didn't get the Adrian Martinez game. To be fair, the Adrian Martinez dueness was from Kurtz cuz John Kurtz said out loud he's not turned the ball over this year. So it it didn't work. We tried to jinx him. We tried our best. We're just a couple of radio and patio, uh, patio, patio, so we can't do anything about it. Well, hey, I'll say this since we're not capable of jinxing anybody. Spencer Sanders has really done a great job taking care of the ball lately, and there's no way he regresses in that respect and throws three interceptions on Saturday. Just no way. There is no shot in my mind that Spencer Sanders would fumble or throw an interception or get sacked. Pick uh, at, six. A, at a terrible time. Yeah, nothing, yeah. no chance. Yeah. Just not going to happen. And I would hate to see that, honestly, after Ye- right after the uh, the rousing Heisman hype conversation we had just a few minutes ago. Right, yeah. F- Fourth-year starter playing at home, just no way that he throws a couple pick sixes. Can't happen. Just after they redeem themselves from the Big 12 title game, yeah, yeah, you'd hate to see it. All right, what else do we got? Um, we didn't talk a ton about Texas-West Virginia. Pretty big bounce-back game from Texas. Um, had that apparently uh, team-only meeting in September, which is usually not a good sign, but they uh, they showed up tonight, covered. Uh, my picks weren't good this weekend. I did uh, kind of recover a little bit, put five units on a live line in the Ball State game, and they came through for me. But as far as picking Big 12 games, I was atrocious this weekend. Also that. I had Oklahoma State money line as the dog, so that was a good pick. Uh, I was all over Iowa State and that stupid kicker. Sorry, he's a kid. Uh, Missed three. I still can't believe that. And the last one. He had the same upright three times. I know. That's crazy. Uh, hey, how about we do this? How about we add a Gaucho's After Dark segment? Let's predict some opening lines for uh, tomorrow morning for next week's Big 12 games. you want to do that real quick? Yeah, real quick. Let's do it. 
Um, let's see. Pulling them up here. Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. What are you thinking for that one? Yeah. Uh, 13 and a half more. Yeah. No, I was thinking exactly 13 and a half. Um, I'd be a little bit surprised if it opened at like 14 and a half or more for Oklahoma State. That's just, that's a lot. Yeah. But, but they're a good team playing at home. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's out of the realm, but I think it'll be just under 14. Um, the Red River rivalry, uh, the teams coming in are a combined one and three in Big 12 play. Neither one is going to be ranked. Kind of, yeah. a, kind of a dud for what we're used to in that game. Um, I, I don't know what to think. Uh, maybe Texas minus two and a half? Yeah, I was going to say three and a half. I, it might open as a pick them. I just but think, I think it, te- if somebody's favorite, Texas will be favored. You, you look at their losses, you know, Texas – Loses a really close game to Alabama, and then they lose an overtime on the road. Yeah. Whereas Oklahoma just got beat wire to wire in Norman by K State, and then gets trounced by TCU. I think Texas will get more respect from the odds makers. I agree. So, um, college game day, TCU goes to Lawrence to play Kansas. We, I think we alluded to this that we thought maybe TCU by a touchdown or a little more. Yeah, I've even doubted a touchdown, maybe seven and a half. Yeah, I I think that sounds about right. Maybe because it's in Lawrence, maybe like six and a half. But if this I is, just, I was just about to say, I wouldn't be surprised if it was much shorter. I don't know. People people are really on Kansas. I, will the book will the book make this one weird to entice more bets? Not that they would do that. Yeah, if it's if it's less than six, I'm probably biting on TCU at the open. If it's between six and eight, probably not touching it initially. See which way the line moves, but I think it, I'm thinking like seven and a half or eight. And then Farmageddon, one of my favorite games of the year. Kansas State goes to Ames. Iowa State coming off the tough loss. Kansas State is going to be ranked maybe near the top twenty ish. Um, interesting road spot. Maybe maybe Kansas State minus three. Three and a half? I would say closer to six. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't Kansas have a great State, right? feel. Yeah, I don't have a great feel for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, Kansas State's small favorite, maybe between a field goal and a touchdown. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it'd be, you know, 10, but it's on the road. I mean, they were just eight and a half point favorites to Texas Tech. Yeah. And I would say then anything more than Texas Tech has done. Right. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's always one that surprises me, one opening line. So I'm sure we're off base on at least one of these, but it sounds like we're pretty close in terms of where we think these will open. Um, but either way, we'll we'll cover it on the podcast tomorrow and kind of do an in-depth recap of Texas Tech, Kansas State. Um, Can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting. We can get into this more, but – it's funny the fan reaction when you when you lose by nine as an eight point underdog and the sky is falling. I and mean, I'm like thinking to myself, this was literally one of the most likely outcomes. Um, but anyway, I I think that's all I have for for Gauchos after dark. Unless you've got any final thoughts for us, you said it all, Captain. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, especially other fan bases across the Big 12. We'd love to have y'all's perspective and engagement. Um, Congratulations to everybody who won today. Hope anybody who placed wagers was successful. And uh, 
don't forget our friends over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams, sponsors of Gauchos After Dark. We appreciate their support of the podcast. Check them out, bhwlawfirm.com. And we will see you all around. Love you all.